From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. And in today's episode, we are really pushing the boundaries. And so one thing I really enjoy about podcasting is I have the opportunity to speak to so many diverse people, everyone from teaching people how to do handstands through to people who have been working at NASA for 20 years, enabling astronauts to get out into space. And I believe today's guest is also really pushing the boundaries in terms of some of the subject matter that we talk about. And so today on our show, we have Laurie Hoover, who is a psychic medium, and she is also a podcaster, just like me. So Laurie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patty. I'm happy to be here. Uh, it looks like you're out in the middle of nowhere at the moment, but I'm guessing that's a virtual background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michigan doesn't look like that right now. No, it never does. <laughs> ah, got it. Got it. Okay. So Laurie, I am really excited about this episode because you and I were just talking before we kicked off and I was like, I'm going to be the silly student in the room because I have no idea what a medium does fully. I've got an idea from watching TV shows and all of that good stuff. So before we jumped into the subject matter, could you just give a bit of background about yourself? Like how has your journey been up until this point? of you becoming a medium? Well, I've always had an interest in psychic type things, psychic phenomena, if you will, all of it, whether it was aliens or just anything bizarre like that, ghosts and things like that. I always had an interest in it, but I never had any sort of gift, if you will. Now, I've always been intuitive, although I didn't know that that's what it was. I just sort of knew things and I just I never knew that that's what it was, and it was my intuition. But the mediumship piece has only been for maybe seven and a half years. I think eight, next April will be eight years for me. But before that, I just I had an interest in it, but never really any sort of gift around that. Got it. And were there some early childhood experiences that you had that led you to understand you have? this extra superpower? No, nothing. The reason I know when this actually started for me was because I was having lunch with a friend and we were talking about all things spiritual and metaphysical. And during that lunch, the conversation just went for hours and hours to the point where we eventually moved to another restaurant for dinner and we continued to talk. I met with her, I think, at one one in the afternoon, and we closed the second restaurant at 11 p.m. But after dinner, she told me, and she, now she was a medium, she told me that she had a row of spirits lined up for me to speak with. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't do that. And she said, yes, you do. Just follow, you know, just do what I tell you. And so she gave me a series of steps and she said to clear my mind and 
to mentally ask, who are you? Are you friend or family? And so then I kind of added in, if it was family, are you maternal or paternal side? And then what is your message? And Patty, it was the weirdest thing because in my mind, I'm asking the question and I got an answer back and it was just so trippy. And so I would tell her what I heard. And then she said to me, I can confirm that. I can confirm that. I can confirm that. Like everything that I was saying. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? You know, it was just really, really weird. But it ended up going that way for multiple people. I spoke to multiple people. And at one point, her uncle came through. And when I asked what the message was, he said, your father sends his love. And when I told her that, she started crying. And I thought, well, I didn't really know what to think, but it turned out that she was actually angry because she she is a medium. She could already sense when he was around her and she ignored him because he had been abusive to her in life. And so she didn't want to communicate with him. So she was crying because she was angry because he used me and her uncle as a means to get this message through. So it was just, it was such a trippy experience, but it has never shut off since that day. Wow. I'm just trying to picture the scene here, Laurie. Like, so you're sat there having dinner in a restaurant and your friend says, hey, let's get you to speak to some spirits. And how does that even happen? So do you hold hands and some energy comes into you? Like, how does it come into your head, those voices and stuff? Well, it was funny because there was a placemat in front of me and it had a bunch of pictures of food on it. And so one of the pictures was a plate with sunny side up eggs. And so she told me, just look at the egg, just focus on the egg because I was having trouble clearing my mind. And she said, just focus on the egg and then ask the question. Well, that actually worked. And so I just focused on this egg and that was it. I just asked the question and lo and behold, I heard a response. And in terms of the response, was that just like a normal voice or like a freaky voice? I'm just trying to understand. It was it was just a normal voice and it was... I don't even know how to say, what's the right word? I want to say androgynous, but I don't know if that's the right word. It was just, it was just a very, it it didn't seem male or female. It just was, I don't know. It was just a, like, almost like a word just popped into my head more so than an audio thing. And so like at one point her grandmother came through and she gave the same name as the woman that's my friend. And so I thought maybe I didn't get that right. And she said, yeah, she said, although nobody ever called her that, that was in fact her name. So, yeah, but it was just, it just popped in there and that was it. So I would tell her whatever popped into my head. Oh my God. Okay. So you're hearing these voices and these messages are coming through. I mean, how did you react when you heard that for the first time? Because I, I, I'm just thinking about myself. If something like that happened to me, I'd just be like, whoa, like as if yeah. I'm in a dream or something. Well, that's exactly how it was. I actually said to her, whoa, what in the hell is going on? 
this is freaky. You know, I'm, I'm actually hearing things in my mind and it was bizarre, really, truly bizarre. But at the same time, my own energy was running like super high. I felt, I can't even explain it. I really can't explain it. If you've ever had a, a, just a day that was like magical, like everything was just falling into place and it was just beautiful and flowing, it was like that. On, but like times a hundred, it was just this amazing energy. And were you closing your eyes? Were they open? Were you aware of everything going on around you or was it like a dream? No, my eyes were open because I was focusing on the egg. Not all the time, but yeah, my eyes were open and I was somewhat aware of what was going on because, you know, there was a waitress that would periodically come to the table or whatever but now i was just very present with her and essentially having this conversation i was having a conversation in my mind and then speaking whatever i was hearing and then she would give me feedback and i mean it was one after the other everything that i said to her she was confirming yep Yep. Yep. I know exactly who that is. Yep. Yep. And there were, you know, like five, I think there were like five different people that came through. Five in your first day. Wow. And so was your friend a professional medium herself? Yes. She, she is a medium. Yes. Got it. But she didn't, I wouldn't say professional. She, I mean, she did occasionally do readings for people, but not, not very much. It was mostly just for friends and family kind of deal. Right. And so having had that experience, what was your next step? What what did you do after that? Was it this realization that you could make a living out of this? Well, I had already begun playing around with oracle cards. I don't do tarot, but just oracle cards. I had already begun playing around with those and I was doing readings for people just for fun. And at that point, I was, I think I, had, I was already in a mastermind. So I had written a book and done some things like that. And, but so I just, I sort of started using my, the people in my two mastermind groups, because there were 10 of us in, in each group. I started, I started basically practicing on them and, you know, just getting to the point where I was more comfortable with it. And then I think after that event, I, it kind of opened me up a lot to the point where. I was able to then start doing the readings with the oracle cards using my intuition professionally. So for the this past, you know, seven, almost eight years, that's what I've been doing. That's what I do. I'm, I am an intuitive guide and a, a medium. And so I do individual readings. I have clients in like 13 different countries. And then I'll do parties, local parties, things like that. And then I have the podcast. So yeah. Awesome. And so as a medium, is it something that is all natural or do you then also have to do an element of training? No, it's just been very natural for me. Now, I know that there are things that you can do to enhance it, but it, like initially when it first happened for me, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit terrified because before that happened, I had had an experience with a spirit that was in our home and had been essentially terrorizing my young son for quite some time. I had had people come in here 
And I even had an entire team of people come in and they set up all this recording, you know, all of their whatever to get the audio and the video, whatever EVPs they could get. And so they essentially told us to leave the house. They set up all their equipment. And unfortunately, we knew who the spirit was. We got we got a name. His name was Zach. And it's just it was just awful because some of the things that had been going on with my son was he was scared to death to be in his room alone. He was very young at the time. And you could walk into his closet. It was ice cold in there. And so he had we had moved him into our room. He was sleeping with my now ex-husband and I. And um, it was it was not a good experience. But after these people came in and they set up their equipment and everything, they were more concerned with getting their evidence than they were helping me get rid of him, unfortunately. And they antagonized him in order to capture whatever they could capture. And it made our lives so much worse. It got really bad here. And then I finally was able to find somebody to come in and do a complete cleansing and and get rid of him, you know, get him out of the house. But because of that experience, I had my own level of terror about connecting with spirits because I thought, oh God, I don't want something like that to happen. And so luckily I was on a call with a woman and I told her that I had written like a little prayer of protection for myself. And she said, it's great. It sounds wonderful. And she said, however, I feel like a hundred feet away, they're still there. Like the ones you don't want to connect with are still there. And she recommended to me that I put a, a larger, like a perimeter, you know, and she said that she uses five miles. And as soon as she said that, I could feel this just, you know, just this relief wash over me. And so I added that into my prayer protection and I put them five miles out and I've been perfectly fine ever since. Wow, that's a phenomenal story that has just blown me away, honestly, Laurie. And so how does one know someone's being genuine with this gift? I'm just thinking about there's a lot of con artists in the world and lots of people claim to be able to do lots of amazing things. And as a medium, when you see someone else claiming to be a medium, is there a way you can tell? Like, what's the way that you would know they were genuinely a medium? Well, for me, it's it, it's like you can you just get a sense of there's a a searching, if you will, or fishing maybe is a better word, where they're asking questions about a certain somebody. You know, I don't know. For me, it's intuitive. Like I can just sense it, and I don't know that that's necessarily going to be helpful for most people because I don't know that most people are tapped in to their intuition that way. But if if you're getting a sense of somebody fishing for confirmation of what they're saying, then the likelihood is that they're not legit. In terms of your clients, you mentioned you've got clients from 13 different countries, like typically on a weekly basis, what sort of number of clients would you yeah. Oh, that varies a lot. And and mostly that's because of I don't like to read for people with any sort of frequency. I would prefer that it's only 
you know, I'd say maybe once every three months, unless somebody has something very specific that they're trying to work through. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want my whole purpose is to help them get connected to their own intuition. And so when I do a reading for somebody to just provide confirmation of what they're already getting themselves. So I don't really like for somebody to come to me more than, you know, more than every three or three or four months. It's different all the time. Some of my clients I haven't seen in, you know, six months. Others, it's more frequent, but I don't know. I probably do. Not not that many, really. Maybe five, six in a week. So it's not a lot. So over the last eight years, roughly, what sort of number of people have come to you? Oh, geez. Well, I mm, I don't even know. I'd say easily, well, if you factor in the different parties that I do, because there are things that I do at a, a local brewery, I pair up with a friend of mine who is a massage therapist. And we do these messages and massage parties at this brewery. So, I mean, I've seen hundreds of people. I'd say easily three, four hundred people. Right. Wow. If somebody wanted to have a reading and they came to you, what are some of the more common reasons why? Well, I'll tell you, Patty, that the way that I work is I use if they have specific questions, they can ask me, they can, well, they can ask me anything. There's nothing that's off limits whatsoever. However, I will normally just start with the cards and I will give them exactly what's coming up. And then sort of, you know, I'm open to the questions coming in as we go. But more often than not, whatever questions they would have had will be answered through the cards. So there aren't usually a lot of questions left. but when there are, it's typically around making a change within their employment, relationships, that's huge. You know, am I going to meet my person? When am I going to meet my person? Things like that. And yeah, it's just your basic stuff. And it is usually career or relationship. A, a lot of times, some people will ask me about their kids as well. Things going on with it, other family members too, so... Right. So it's not always a case that someone says, hey, I want to connect with a spirit. It can just be, hey, you know what, I'm having some bad luck and I just want to know when my luck's going to change. Yes. And and more often than not, it is that. it's People don't come to me for mediumship, typically. They come to me for an intuitive reading. And then if anybody happens to come through during that time, then I'll give them the messages if they're open to it. Cause not everybody is surprisingly, but if I get something that comes through, then I'll give it. And I've had some really amazing experiences with that. Right. Really trippy. <laughs> is there any that you'd like to share with us? Sure. I was doing a little party, if you will, but it ended up being only three people there. I had never met any of them before. So the one woman I was in, they put me in a bedroom. So I was sitting on the floor in, in this bedroom and I had my cards around me. So the woman comes in and she sits down. And as soon as she sat down, her father came in. And so I was communicating with her dad and giving her some messages from her father. But the whole time I was communicating with him, there was a man standing off to his left, off, to, off on my right. 
And he was essentially just leaning up against the wall, if you will, just waiting. And so as soon as I finished the communication with the dad, this man moved in next to this woman. As soon as he did, my head started pounding. I mean, just like pound, like it was horrible, this awful, awful pounding in my head. And so I asked her if she knew someone who had passed from a trauma to the head. She couldn't even speak. She just nodded her head. And then I said, okay. And then he did this. He made a gun with his finger and put it up to his head like that. And I just kind of, I said, oh my God. And then I did the same thing, which was, you know, in retrospect, it wasn't very, it wasn't very good of me to do that, but insensitive, but it just kind of shocked me. And so I did the same thing. And I said, did he actually, you know, take his own life like that? And she said, yes. And the things that I felt from that man, I had never experienced that before where I was able to feel the feelings of another, of a, especially of a spirit. So not only did I feel the pain in my head, but I also felt just this awful remorse, just so much remorse for the way that he went, the way that he took his life and left. And then he flooded me with love, the likes of which I have never experienced ever. And then he proceeded to tell me that because of what he had done, he was actually working on the other side to bring another person into this woman's life. And this was going to be a person who would provide for her and love her and take care of her for the rest of her life. And it was like the worst and then the most beautiful experience I had ever had. I think ever really. And after when it was done, he, I told him, I said, I don't, you know, I had no problem delivering the message and all of that. I said, but oh my God, you did not have to make my head hurt like that because it lasted me for days after. And he said, yes, I did. And I said, why? And he said, because she would not have believed you otherwise. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was crazy. Wow, that's such an amazing story. And you mentioned a bit earlier about some people, when you do get the presence, some people are too freaked out to continue. I think I'd be one of those. I think I'm one of them. I think really? if you said to me, hey, Patty, I'm sensing something here, I'd just be like, no, no, it's okay. Keep them in the box because I would be so freaked out. But I guess there's a lot of people who probably aren't convinced about this gift. So how do you react to that? And I guess if someone is saying, well, hey, what's the proof? I don't believe this stuff. How do we convince those people? I don't. I don't. I don't even bother with that. It's, you know, I, I, I was at a friend's house one time. This was a guy that I knew from high school and I was there with another friend. I hadn't seen him since we graduated. And obviously that was a long time ago. And all of a sudden, this woman popped in and, and I heard the name Dot. Well, I mean, just the word Dot could mean anything, but this felt like it was a woman's name. And so I said to my friend, I said, who's Dot? 
And he said, oh, my God, that's my aunt who just passed. You know, just and it was just that there was no message or anything. She was just saying, hey, I'm here, you know, and just random things. And I mean, where the hell would I get dot from, you know, as a name? So just things like that, just bizarre names that would pop in and things like I think. And I do have people who are like this that are looking for proof. And for me, it's like until you experience something yourself, you are not going, none of what I can tell you that I've had as an experience is going to make a difference for you. You need your own experience of it in order to even even remotely begin to change your idea or opinion about it. There's a bug in my face. So, I thought you were going to say there's a spirit flying in your face then for a moment, Laurie. I was going to go, I don't see it. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't do that. But, well, I have had them show up in my shower before, which was not cool. Oh, so, my God. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't appreciate that, especially because it was somebody I knew in, in life. <laughs> actually, that leads me on to that question. Like, has there been that situation where you've actually known someone whilst they're alive and then they've passed to the other side so it sounds like you have yeah this yeah this particular one he was somebody that i knew my whole life he lived down the street from me when when we were growing up but his best friend also a friend of mine had been kind of struggling with the fact that he had passed and I had reached out to him a few times and he hadn't, he never set up his mailbox on his phone or he just couldn't get a hold of him. And I had tried several times. And so I, you know, life happens and I just kind of got busy and whatever. And so he came in, his name was Scott. He came in while I was in the shower and told me to call Ken. And I was like, dude, I'm in the shower, you know? Like literally, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been such a big deal if I hadn't known him. And I know once they transition, it's not a you know it's not a thing for them that you're standing there naked. But it was for me, and so I said, "Don't never again. Get the hell out of my bathroom," you know. And so I called him when I got out of the shower. I called him, and sure enough, he answered the phone. And then just recently, I I guess it's been a couple months now. My ex husband's best friend passed away. I heard the news. And so I kind of called him in and I said, Bobby, I said, dude, what happened? And he said, I spun out and come to find out that's exactly what it was. He spun out, he lost control of his motorcycle and that was it. So I've had that, I've had that a few times. I've actually lost three people in the past like six weeks. So it's been kind of crazy. And that's not even the guy I just told you about. That's three additional so yeah I've, I've spoken to two of the three that's incredible and a lot of us are so busy with day-to-day -day life with just on this kind of merry-go-round as we call it or the rat race and we just keep doing the same things we wake up we go to work come home spend time with the family go to sleep when someone has this type of gift I guess you have a slightly different outlook on life. Well, what's your outlook on life? Well, my my outlook on death has certainly changed for sure. My I, I think that for me, being able to connect with spirit has 
given me this reassurance that this isn't all there is, right? So once we do shed the body, we will continue on. And I mean, I've had so many experiences, even my own mother. I lost her almost three years ago, and she has come through. She, I was having, I think, the worst emotional meltdown I'd ever had in my life. It was a Christmas day, the year, the Christmas before last. And I was just sitting on the side of my bed. My son was with his dad. So I was by myself, not getting together with any of my family. And I was just, you know, having a bit of a pity party, I guess. And I was just sitting here, just, just sobbing. And all of a sudden my TV came on. I was like, okay, hi mom. You know, and then it went right back off. Well, my perspective is different, and I think that it it is reassuring for me to know that we do go on. And but also in death, I feel like it's easier for me to accept losing somebody because I do believe that I will see them again. So there's that spirit again. <laughs> And do you feel that this is a gift or a curse? Oh, no, this is definitely, definitely a gift. And as it turns out, I manifested it for myself. And it was the most bizarre thing because I don't know if you're familiar with the Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo. Okay, she has a show. I think it was on maybe TLC or something like that. And she lives in Long Island and she's got this crazy blonde hair and these ridiculous long nails and, and this, you know, j- just that accent, you know. But she has this show and I would watch her show, even though she personally kind of drove me a little bit crazy. I loved that she was out there delivering messages to people and things like that. And I was able to see even though it's a show, I know, I don't know how much of it is actually staged or what have you, but I just had this feeling like I didn't think there could be anything, any greater purpose than to be able to connect with spirit and deliver these messages to these people that would provide them with healing and closure and just this, you know, message of love from the people that they've lost. And So every time I would watch it, I had that feeling like, wow, you know, what an amazing gift to be able to do that. And it was probably about two years later, lo and behold, here I am. So I think it was just my desire to be able to do something like that helped me to manifest the ability. One thing that's going through my mind is with the spirit world, if the spirits are around us, can they do us harm? Because it sounds like the story you told me about your son, that sounds like it was a horrible thing and a horrible experience for your son. But are our spirits generally able to have that impact on people or do they just quietly sit in the background? I'm just trying to think of the images that you're seeing that we obviously can't. Even though we went through what we went through with this spirit that was called Zach, He never did anything physically to any of us. It was just some of the things that my son would say. I mean, he was only like, I want to say three years old at the time. And he was talking about things that were sexual in nature that he never, ever would have been exposed to from 
through his father or myself, that he should have had no knowledge of whatsoever. And he was making, you know, saying things about that. And at one point he said, he was just acting weird. And I said, honey, what's the matter? And he said, people are upset, okay? And I asked him, what people? And he said, just people. They're, they're upset because I didn't kill you. But I couldn't kill you, not you, mommy. And I mean, my blood ran cold at that. And I was thinking, holy, sh you know, that it's like terrifying thinking about my little son, you know, coming up and stabbing me in my sleep or something. It was, it was freaky. And there were other things as well. And I can't remember a lot of them, but I do have them written down because I used to, I was making note of all of that as it was happening. But yeah, I mean, nothing ever actually happened. So I can't speak. I can't really speak to that. It was just the things that were being put in his head that were really problematic and the fact that he was afraid to sleep in his room. But so I don't I don't really know. I mean, you hear these stories and there are like the Amityville horror and, and things like that. There were, you know, supposed to be true stories. I don't know. I would be totally freaked out if my son came to me with some of that stuff. I don't know how I deal with it. And you mentioned you obviously identified this as a gift through your friend. If other people out there who may have an inkling that they also have something similar, what are the telltale signs? Is there any way in which they could pick up on the signs of this? Sure. Well, the way that it started for me, because, in, and it did start before I actually had lunch with my friend, was I would see something out of the corner of my eye. It was like a shadow or something like that. And then I would turn to look and there was nothing there. Well, there actually was something there. But so that was sort of the first thing for me. And then also I had a feeling like there was a sort of a tingling sensation in my body and it felt like somebody had their hand in the center of my back and it was very like hot. And so I felt it around, I felt them around me. I started feeling it and seeing it out of the corner of my eye. And so it gave me, you know, the idea that, okay, something, something's up here. And I mean, you can explore that. And I, I, the one thing that I would tell everybody is that if you do have that feeling, you call the shots, you get to set the boundary, like, you can never come to me in my shower, right? Or I have a thing with them that they're not allowed to come to me. And this is even my mother. You are not allowed to come to me if I'm in the dark. Don't do it. I don't care who you are. Do not come to me if I'm in the dark because you will freak me out. And so you just put it out there like that. And I, like I said, I do, a, a, I have a prayer protection that I wrote and it just makes me feel calm and centered and okay, I'm, I'm ready, you know, but they have, I have criteria. So in my prayer protection, I say that, uh, I encircle myself in the white light of God's love and by protection. You can say whatever you want. I just use God because it's easy, but that I'm always safe and secure and that only those energies with the purest, most loving intent may come within that five mile radius. So if they meet that criteria, 
they're more than welcome to come through and I will be happy to deliver the message for them. But they cannot come to me in the dark, never, ever, ever again in the shower, you know, and I would prefer not in the car as well, because that can be that can be a little freaky and dangerous. With the spirits, is it the case that you could only see them if they're around you in the same room or could you, for example, see them virtually like on a Zoom call right now? Yes, I have had experiences where, well, I, I've had, yes, I've had both. I've had it where via a phone call like this, I could see that there were people in the house, in the room with the person I was talking to. Yeah. I, and I, I, I'll see them physically occasionally. Usually it's just in my mind's eye. I will get an image that will pop up in my mind's eye, but yes, I can, I can get a sense if there's somebody around you. Is there anyone here? On this side. On this side? <laughs> on that side. On, on your left. On my left? There's yeah. someone here? Yes. Oh my God. Like, could you tell me a bit about them? Well, it feels like a grandfather energy and that side is your mom's side. So it's it's like a fatherly energy, but it feels like older, like generations back so that's that's all i get is that there's that male father type energy grandfather type energy there and he's been there the whole time oh my god just here i'm now looking over there and is it visual or more an energy it's an it's i don't see anybody there it is just an energetic thing but Got I get a that there's this male and it's on your mom's side and he's there. Now you got my heart racing. Honestly, it's like beating really fast right now, oh, just from you sorry, telling you that. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. I asked for it. But yeah, that's really interesting. Okay. I got you. I'm stuck for words. <laughs> don't be sorry. Well, some, sometimes I'll even get an animal will come through, which is really interesting. I've had people's, and I can even, I have connected with them when they're still in the physical too, which is really cool. But yeah, so they don't, I don't have to be, I don't even have to be in the same country, you know? Wow. You just get a sense of the energy. So even if I wasn't seeing you, I would still have this feeling of this man there. Where do I take this conversation? I think we should wrap it up because we're at almost that time now, Larry. So I am very thankful to you. So thank you so much for answering all of my questions. I hope I wasn't disrespectful in any way because I never want anyone to feel disrespected with the questions, but I really wanted to get some of those obvious questions that I think a lot of people will probably have. And so I hope I've done that in a respectful way. Absolutely. And if people did want to know more, especially the work that you do, how do they get in touch with you? What are some of the things that you can help them? I can help them with anything in intuitively, any guidance for things that they're working on, but they can get a hold of me. I'm Intuitive Lori on Facebook. I think Instagram is intuitive underscore Lori. They can just look me up, Lori Hoover on Facebook. I, I do have YouTube channel. It is called Zodiac Oracle. They can find me anywhere like that. Just intuitive Lori. 
Awesome. And we will try and put the links in the show notes as well so people can follow you on there. But no, thank you so much, Laurie. And I just want to point out Laurie's not related to the vacuum company. She's actually related to the famous president. Right? That's what you told me. Supposedly, yes. He was like a eighth cousin or something like that. Herbert Fimper, yeah. There it we was go. Really great being on the show, Patty. Thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh. I'm spending the time with you. Oh, no, you're welcome, Laurie. I feel like we've become friends and we've only really known each other for the last 40, 50 minutes. So, yeah, thank you for, for being such a great guest. My pleasure. Thank you. 